Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. We have a guest that's a dual threat, Ed Tate, who covers both the Blue Bombers and Valor FC. So we'll talk about both those teams coming up on the podcast. Let us turn our attention back to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and we are joined. It's been too long since we've had our next guest on the show, Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com. Ed, how are you doing tonight? Fantastic. Christian, how are you, man? I'm doing well. How does it feel to be back covering football again? It is just the best. Um, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, changes the way we have to do things, but I'm just so happy to be back out and writing about the Bombers and, and uh, you know, getting on the road again. That was the first time I'd been on a plane since coming back from the 2019 Great Cup. So that even that was fun. I felt like a six-year-old getting on the plane. For, uh, for the first uh, time. It, it's just been great to be back and great to have uh, something to write about that's live and right there in front of you. The things that maybe you took for granted in the past or maybe found annoying in the past suddenly aren't so bad anymore, right? I've said this before, probably to you too, Christian, I will never complain about having to watch a practice again because uh, <laughs> not having anything last year and covering Valor games off the computer, it's just not what... Uh, you sign up for when you want to be a sports writer. Absolutely. So let's take a look at the Bombers through three weeks, Ed. What would you say after a two-and-one start is the biggest question mark right now on the team for you? That is a good question. Uh, the biggest question mark is probably uh, can they get healthy and, and how soon? Because, um, you know, they just got Darwin Adams back and uh, didn't have Nick Dembski in Toronto. We haven't seen Andrew Harris yet this year. We haven't seen Kyrie Wilson yet this year. Uh, Stove Richardson's played uh, one game, I believe. Uh, there's been a ton of changes in the secondary. So I think that all the makings of, uh, you know, a, a team taking a shot at defending its titles is there if everybody's on the field. Um, and that's one question. That's the biggest one for me. Now, there's obviously other ones, too, that, you know, people will look at the, the kicking game as a concern. And, and then what's happened, what happened in Toronto on Saturday um, with them not being able to move the ball offensively is a minor concern. But I think that can get rectified pretty quickly. Well, offensively, the team hasn't really been spectacular moving the ball in any game. The reality is they didn't have to be in games one and mm-hmm. two because their defense was so dang good. It was asked today of Zach Kolaris, we played the clip earlier, if he thought defenses were ahead of offenses in the CFL. He didn't really say whether or not that could be true. What do you think watching football through three weeks? I think that's a little bit. That, that theory has some credence because if you look around the league, I think only Saskatchewan has been able to, you know, put up some consistently put up points. It's been a bit all over the place for teams. Remember, it, it's a couple of years since these teams were on the field, and then there's been two free agency periods. So it's not just whether offenses are behind. It's getting new people and new coaches, new personnel into place, and that has an impact too. I would guess that the offensive numbers will go up in the next few weeks. I'm hoping they will because I, I – uh, I like those kind of games more than, you know, the 19-6 games like Winnipeg won in game one. But um, fans of defense will be enjoying this right now. But I want to see the, the scoreboard light up a little bit more, and I think offenses will catch up in the next little bit. Well, it's it's kind of a weird situation where there are nine teams in the CFL, and it's still early, of course. Only three of them have a positive point differential. Yeah, you, I, it's because – 
again, all over the map, there's been some blowouts, um, you know, and it's really hard to put your finger on it. You'd like to see closer games. Um, but again, I think this is also the byproduct of not having a preseason at all. Uh, and, you know, so you get these teams a couple games under their belt now. It's like having a preseason game while they count. So um, I really think that, you know, even beginning this week and through Labor Day, that things are going to crank up and um, we're going to see some of the, the games get a lot a lot tighter. And we're getting it's – it's been a weird start to the season. I mean, who would have started to thought that uh, Edmonton and Calgary would have struggled early, that Hamilton would be as bad as they've been? Um, you know, and, and Toronto, who the Bombers split with, I'll say it right now, they're as good as anybody in the East Division. Um, and, and that might be strange to say, considering they were 4-14 four and 14 in 2019, but that's a very good football team. Yeah, they made a ton of changes. And just to be fair, Toronto, Calgary, and BC all have a negative three-point differential, so they're, okay. they're pretty close to even. It's not yeah. a, a giant gap, but, uh, you know, Edmonton's minus 16, Montreal's a plus 11. But uh, looking ahead now to, to Sunday, Ed, the Calgary mm-hmm. Stampeders, they're one and two. They started Jake Meyer last week, really rough start, great middle of the game, and then they almost blew it at the end to Montreal, but they get the win. They're one and two. Thoughts on their start to the season as they begin life for who knows how long without Bo Levi Mitchell. Yeah, well, that was they were always going to be an interesting study when this season started because they you know, lost a lot of personnel over the last couple of free agency periods, and they still had Bo Levi Mitchell, and then he didn't look right from the beginning, and now that we realize he had a broken bone in his leg, you can understand that. But even when he was in there, they were struggling a little bit. They've made a lot of changes. I liked what I saw with them. You mentioned Jake Meyer. He had a horrible start to that game, but you know, kind of dusted himself off and started delivering strikes. And he looks pretty good to me. He's not bully by Mitchell. There aren't many like him in this league ever. So uh, I still think that uh, you know, quietly, Winnipeg's defense might be you know rubbing their hands together at a get a chance to get after this guy because you know you throw some different looks at him and bring some pressure and see how he reacts. And, you know, it's a guy that's going to be making just his second ever CFL start. So I suspect we'll see a lot of pressure from Winnipeg's defensive uh, front six on Sunday. The counter, though, is that the Bombers have given up 100-yard rushing back-to-back mm-hmm. weeks to Toronto running backs, and Kadeem Carey has 185 yards through three weeks. That's a, definitely a point of emphasis for the Bombers' defense this week, isn't it? Yeah, Jackson Jeffcoat was asked about that today, and he just mentioned basically that it's, you know, almost uh, scheme-wise, they just got to get into their gaps and, you know, be a little bit more fundamentally sound than they were in the last couple games. It is concerning, but it basically the front six is the same as the defense that was so dominant against the run in 2019. So I'm thinking that might be a quick fix. We'll see, though, because uh, um, Toronto did a really – a solid job of kind of exploiting what Winnipeg does schematically on defense. So we'll see if they make the counter adjustments now, knowing that everybody in the league has seen what Toronto did to kind of tear up what they, them up, tear them up on the run. So um, that's going to be something to watch because the bombers still can bring the pressure. We saw Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat were phenomenal on Saturday, but they, as you mentioned, the numbers against the run were pretty pretty jaw-dropping in in all the wrong ways. And plus, Winnipeg's defense was just on the field for so long. Yeah, it was they pretty played hot forever. 
yeah, it was pretty hot in Toronto too. That's just bound. To, those numbers are bound to add up. Yeah, they're on the field for two thirds of the game in that first half for sure. They were on the field for almost the entire thing. So uh, we'll uh, we'll have lots more to talk about as we head towards Sunday. But I want to turn our attention to Valor FC. You cover them as well for the yep. team websites. They get a big win, 3-0 last night over FC Edmonton to snap a, a losing skid in CPL play that dated back to July 18th. They did win Saturday in the Canadian Championship over Ottawa. But how important is it to just feel what it's like to win again? I, you know, it was massive. I, that, that was a real good uh, narrative going into the game last night because, they, as you mentioned, they beat Ottawa in a Canadian championship game on Saturday. They put up three goals, and they had really, really struggled to score in that winless streak leading up to the to Saturday's win. And so, you know, guys like Austin Ritchie, their leading scorer, was, was asked whether that can carry over into Tuesday. And, you know, I, I always have doubts about momentum changing from day to day. I mean, maybe in a game it does, but from a Saturday to a Tuesday, I had my doubts. But there it was last night. They scored 88 seconds into the game. And it just looks like a team, when they're on the attack, on the attack and, um, and moving forward and really uh, you know, not playing laterally, but attacking with their speed and skill. They're fun to watch. And that was sure the case last night. Um, two, two goals from William, William Accio and a third from Rafael Gallardo, his first goal. He's a veteran Brazilian midfielder. He looked great. So there's a lot to like about this team, but it really was sort of a Jekyll and Hyde in their winless streak to what they've done in the last two games. And we'll see if they can play like that more often going forward because They've only reached the halfway point of the CPL season, and there's, so there's lots left to go. Yeah, six games, five losses, and a draw. They outscored nine to two, and then mm-hmm. they get six goals in in two games. Admittedly, Ottawa is at the bottom of the standings, and Edmonton is in sixth right. out of eight teams. And Valor started so well in the bubble. They that three 0 win I mentioned uh, Sunday, July 18th, was over York United. That was the game in which they lost Andrew Jean Baptiste to the right. season he was maybe the best player in the bubble for anybody how do you think the team has been without him obviously a long winless streak right out of that so clearly some definite bumps in the road without their best player yeah when he went down it was really crushing because he's not just the their best player but as you mentioned christian maybe the best guy in the cpl uh, along with marco bustos in pacific who's from winnipeg uh, and I th- what's happened is Rocco Romeo, who they got from Toronto FC, has been on, on loan, has stepped into Andrew Jean-Baptiste's role and has done a really good job. I think it took him a couple matches to get comfortable, really settled. Their back back line looks a lot better uh, in the last few games. Uh, even in the winless streak, they were being pretty stingy um, and giving up goals, but they just couldn't generate anything. But uh, you know, they've, they've had some injuries. Uh, they're starting to get people back. And I mentioned Gallardo. I think uh, he's looking more comfortable. Arnold Bukamutu, who played in France, is is finally here and, and getting his minutes are piling up. And you can see his skill out there. I, I think this is the deepest that Valor's ever been. And it's the most talented they've ever been. And I guess sort of like the Bombers, if they can keep people healthy, they could be a handful here in the second half of the season. Well, and they actually have some time off, finally. They, they do play a ton of games, and Rob Gale often mentions that. They have Sunday in the on the West Coast against Pacific, and then they have a week, basically, Saturday, September 4th. They play Cavalry back here at IG Field for a pretty decent homestand with the game against Forge 
in there too in the Canadian Championship quarterfinals. Just one last question before I let you go, Ed. What's the atmosphere like at the Valor Games right now? Well, you know, those fans in the trench, the Red River Rising, their they're diehards are always going to be there and they're going to be loud. Um, they had a pretty good crowd there last night, just under 3,000. For You know, it was rainy and it's Tuesday night. Um, it, the atmosphere is picking up. I think more and more people are, are starting to see that this is a fun team to watch. That's what I would say more than anything. They're not going to win every game. But uh, if last night's game is is just more evidence that uh, when they're on the front foot, as they say, and attacking, they, they really are fun to watch. And a great goalkeeper and Jonathan Sirwa, some young talent like Sean Ray, both those guys are on loan from CF Montreal. Uh, that's what I would say. If you're a soccer fan, just get out and take it in and see what it's and, and check it out. And because it's a fun team, and they could make some noise here. They're in a playoff position now, and it would be really something if you could get a home playoff game here. In, uh, in later in the season and, and see how they do in front of their fans. Absolutely. Ed Tate, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, and we'll see you at the game on Sunday. Right on, Christian. Appreciate it, man. Have a good day. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you all the